Scott. Hello, I'm Julie. And this is a Good Story is Hard to Find podcast. Where two Catholic friends talk about the books and movies they love and the traces of the one reality that lie below the surface. Or in the Warren, as we say. (laughs) Below the surface is perfect. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I love it. We're going to talk about Watership Down today by Richard Adams, published in 1972. Gosh. Yeah. I remember reading it when it came out. Really? Talking about dating myself. Oh, yeah. My, <laughs> that's it awesome. tore through my family. My whole family just loved it. Really? Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I, this is a book, um, another one of those classic books that has been around my whole life that I just never picked up and read, and I'm very happy to have read. Oh, good. Uh, I really liked it. You know, it, there's, um, it, it was really interesting and i can't say it was in this case it was a a huge difference from what i kind of thought it was and i Mm. think i may have known something about it because it was a movie that i probably watched part of um and i I know that there's been a few adaptations of it oh Um, yeah yeah so i think that i may have run across it then but although i don't know for sure i don't remember having seen it but um but yeah this is about rabbits (laughs) you know yeah well, and it's, um, yeah, it's a lot of people might know it because it is a classic. And I think they have kids read it and stuff like that. But it's notable, I think, because this author does something really interesting, which is he tells a quest journey, right, that we are used to. So, like, we read the Odyssey. That's what made yeah. me think of this. This is not the Odyssey, although there's a couple things where you feel like the author was thinking of the Lotus Eaters or that yeah, kind of thing. for sure. But He even mentioned Odysseus um, twice. Yeah, yeah, and he does. Mm-hmm. And it's the thing where he started off by telling these stories to his daughters when they'd be taking car trips. So he was just making stuff up. And in that sense, it's like The Hobbit, you know, yeah. by Tolkien. And um, But then eventually it got to be enough that his daughter started saying, you ought to write this down. And he finally did. And of course you imagine that he's been living with this story so long and he's clearly well-read or he, I guess he's dead now, but he was well-read and everything. So he was able to kind of really bring it to completion in a way that is both compelling and has other messages for us if we want to see him. And part of that is, um, as they're going on the quest, we're, of course, it's written for people. We recognize things in it. But he somehow has the rabbit perspective in a way that you start thinking like a rabbit. I mean, yeah, yeah. in the sense of when they get startled at something, you've seen this happen before in the book and it's kind of been explained. So you're kind of like, oh, yeah, of course you would. Naturally, it would be like this. Um, and I really admired that. I didn't recognize it until a fairly recent reading of it, but yeah, I just thought, that oh is yeah, pretty cool. There's, um, you know, so these aren't rabbits that are anthropomorphized to the point where they're like wearing belts with little knives, or you know, I'm thinking <laughs> right. of other other animal based like shows. Redwall is that yeah, a, things like that the series of mice, and right? Stuff. So they're yeah. really people that are just that, you know, so. Um, although there is some of that, you know, with the the kind of societal stuff that he seemed to mm-hmm. be interested in, um, 
But yeah, they're they're acting like rabbits and they're worried about rabbit things. Yeah, and he's elevating them to the. I mean, they have to be not just rabbits because they do have this journey that they take and they do have other society rabbit societies they run into which aren't normal and aren't right and so you have to understand why for a rabbit these aren't right Mm -hmm. but also why they're very rabbity and humany we can see these problems and um and they also have their own mythology that he created and i just loved it because he kept it so rabbit like so when frith is creating the world he his droppings in the sky turned into stars and stuff like that and you're just like of course because they're telling it right the way rabbits would the way we tell a story of god and we're giving God some human attributes so we can understand. Mm. And I just um, went, oh, this is so well done that way. Yeah, that's interesting. That's an interesting point. Um, Yeah, that was something that I didn't expect was this mythology, which, you know, kind of like Lord of the Rings, Mm -hmm. um, you know, making that comparison again, there is this depth that that gives Mm -hmm. that uh, is really great. Well, and and we can talk about this later, but those things help us see who the rabbits are, mm. what the ideal rabbit is through the stories of El Herrera. He's like their ultimate rabbit <laughs> hero. Yeah. He's and, the Odysseus um, of rabbits, I guess. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so he's, he's the hero that they all, Ooh, yeah. They'll tell all the stories where he's going through the adventures and having to solve the problems and everything. And, and by knowing that when we see these rabbits acting, we see them, measuring against him in a sense. Mm-hmm. So the wrong societies, and we could talk about this, that they come across, you can go, Oh, El Rebra wouldn't have stood for that for a second. <laughs> you know, that's right. Yeah. Anyway, I've jumped way ahead. So, um, yeah. So I don't know, uh, how to approach this, you know, were we too worried about spoilers? It's, it's well, set up in an interesting way. Almost every yeah. chapter is, uh, almost a self-contained story, although there is mm-hmm. ongoing stuff. But mm-hmm. but I could imagine uh, a bedtime story being a chapter. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. you know, and then going on to the next chapter the next day. And Well, um, and I don't remember it, but mm-hmm. Rose says that I read this to them when they were kids. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. And that must have been how we did it, because the chapters are fairly short. And yeah. we didn't have huge, long reading times together. But, um, yeah, so um, there's – we've – start with a couple of brothers, Hazel and Fiverr. And Hazel's a regular young buck rabbit, you know, and Fiverr is also a boy, but, or buck, but, you know, a smaller rabbit. And um, they kind of live on the fringes of this big society, big warren Mm -hmm. of rabbits. And um, Fiverr kind of will have these little fits where he can almost do prophetic things. And the rabbits don't really understand it. But Hazel has seen enough of these things actually happen that he takes them seriously. So Fiverr gets a really bad, bad feeling that like everybody needs to leave the war and great danger is coming. And very early yeah, on, we see... the field is full of blood. I mean, it was intense. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. And it's uh, speaking of Greek mythology or Greek stories, he's like a Cassandra figure. He's prophesying, but no one will listen. Mm-hmm. Um, he's telling the truth and it's hard to understand because he's seeing it in the prophetic way that's not always easy to translate and so um, Hazel believes him to the point of trying to talk the leader into having everyone leave the leader refuses 
but they find enough people or enough other rabbits, young males who all go, well, we also would like to leave. And so they kind of set off. And the story is about their quest for a new place to set up a warren. And they meet, as I mentioned, a couple of other rabbit societies where um, they are not set up like the first warren we saw, which is really kind of the most normal warren. So we're started off in a normal world. And they find a place to live, and that's Watership Downs. Mm-hmm. And then they have other things that they have to do to make sure the warren is sustainable. And so all these things lead them into different adventures. And at the same time, occasionally we're getting these stories because they're story-loving people. So this also is something that's just like us, right? It's story-loving people. And they um, will, you'll hear these stories which start to inform us about how rabbits think about themselves, more about, you know, uh, the rabbit personality even. And the author did go to a specialist on rabbits and read this rabbit book. So he tried to have them act the most normal way a rabbit would ever act. Hmm. So there's one point where they says, they say this doe was ready to mate and um, Hazel's not there. And he goes, Oh yeah, these, these rabbits are all getting ready to fight over. And he goes, Oh, I guess it'll sort itself out. You know, <laughs> that's the rabbit way. Mm-hmm. He doesn't worry about it. And it does sort itself out while he's not there. Um, So anyway, um, Mm -hmm. and so it's about their adventures and their adventures are, it's a great story and you don't have to look any deeper. And Mm -hmm. people Mm -hmm. have uh, done a lot of deep looking and said, oh, it's an allegory. And and just like with Tolkien, (laughs) the author goes, these are just. Yeah, I laughed at that too. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, these are just a story I made up, you know, says the author. But of course, you're always informed by all the other things you've read in your own life and all the things that are there and his worldview, which I love his worldview. And um, so, you know, like I said, one of the societies they meet is uh, you could think of it like the Lotus Eaters in a sense. (laughs) Um, The other one is very militarized. And um, so you look at it in a different sense, but they're both actually commentaries on the same thing. So it's just different. So it's really interesting the way he did this while telling a great story that's very true to the rabbit nature in a lot of ways. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, very nice. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. And that's pretty much what the story is, you know, yeah. and, and, uh, um, but yeah, and there's even a map, you know, where they, you know, mm-hmm. show where uh, this, this was the quest. <laughs> and so, because these are all real places. He's like, even the farmhouse um, that they talk about at one point, he goes, well, I haven't, those people don't live there. I made those people up, but that, you know, that place is right there. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, enjoyable. And he'll even talk about things like, I do like the fact that he puts the context of, the timing of things. So like he'll say when um, you go, Oh, if this had happened a hundred years ago, things wouldn't have been right here for the rabbits to try and start their warren here. There would have been Mm. uh, shepherds and sheep and a lot more human activity. But now with the age of the car and the fenced off fields and everything, it's the perfect spot for the rabbits to live. Um, So he's also putting it in the context of the rabbits interacting with us as part of the natural world. Yeah, as part of the natural world. That's that's an interesting aspect too because, mm-hmm. um, 
yeah, they 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 set up that um, you know rabbits have lots of enemies, lots of things to be worried yeah. about. You know, yeah. they're they're always uh, pretty high strung and tense, <laughs> always on the lookout for whatever. But, There's a reason. Yeah. And then um, they have the elil, the which is what he the thousand. Yeah, which what he just calls other animals that are their enemies. Yeah, a thousand enemies. Yeah. Um, so. Um, yeah, without people around uh, pushing those things out, um, they would have other more things to worry about. So you can say, mm-hmm. well, you know, but man himself is a problem for the rabbits, too. Which um, is how the book starts. Right, exactly. In fact, you know, that's what when Fiverr is seeing or prophesying is that they're about to build like a apartment block on there or something like that. There's mm-hmm. some construction coming in. And, uh, yeah, they're going to start digging, and uh, anybody who's there is going to be just overrun. So, yeah, we need to get out of here. And there is actually a sign that they obviously can't read, but the sign, it says, construction coming. Yeah. Yeah. A beautiful whatever. Right, right. Home's coming soon or whatever. You're just (laughs) like, oh, no, it seems so peaceful there. get out of there. Yeah. So, yeah, listen to Fiverr is really... What what I learned from this book most. Listen to Fiverr. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and you have to know when Fiverr's prophesying and when he's just giving you his opinion. Um, <laughs> let's just skip ahead. Uh-huh. And we've we've kind of already started into spoilers. So everybody just go read the book if you haven't read it. But um yeah, so because the, there's the point when um Hazel wants to go and do do something leader like and rabbit like and he wants to go to the farm and uh, get the rabbits out of the hutch to come live with them. And um, isn't that the point when Fiverr pulls them aside and goes, look, (laughs) you know, you're endangering yourself unnecessarily. We've got these people going off to see about going to this other warren to see if they'll let it some, it seems crowded there. Maybe some of the does will want to come live with us. We'll be fine. And, and he's like, uh, but he's not, and he's like, are you telling me that you know this? Because if you do, I'll stop. And he's like, well, no, I, I, he doesn't ever say I'm not prophesying. He just says, here's all I can tell you. You know, it's kind of like, in yeah. my opinion, this is dumb. Mm-hmm. And Hazel's like, no, not a prophecy. Moving on. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. The, yeah. Uh, you know, Hazel's a really good leader that way. Um, yeah. Yeah, he he gets into trouble, but uh, mm-hmm. but because uh, well, he, he's a rabbit. That's because he's a rabbit, right? But um, yeah, I like how he treats everybody. Mm-hmm. And uh, how he's listening to everybody, you know, Fiverr, and how I mean that question is something that you know you might ask, you know, at work or something like that. <laughs> okay, is yeah. the, what you're telling me something that you know or something that you're worried about? Yeah, um, well, that's a good point. Yeah, so it's like okay, yeah. Well, and Hazel is a good leader, and part of the reason he's a good leader, I think, is I mean, we're shown at the beginning when he goes to the leader, and um, I can't remember what they call a leader. The, well, raw, the they always end yeah, the name with right. They end it with uh, the raw, but the yeah, the, the ruling class is the Al Alzla. Yeah, right? the, well, that's like the guard. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, security. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, they um, so he goes to the leader who lets him in and says, he says, okay, so here's the thing with Fiverr, and they say, you know, the leader isn't what he used to be. He's getting old. Mm-hmm. The Alzla's kind of having to cover for him. And uh, at one point, Bigwig, who was one of the Alzla, says, 
I think it was him who says, you know, he used to go get his own lettuces, steal his own lettuces, but now he has us bring them to him. Mm -hmm. So he's not exactly being the leader that he should be for everyone. And one of the things he's doing is not taking everything seriously. He's too busy thinking about how much trouble it would be to move all the rabbits. And granted, this is a weird request, but Hazel, we see, he doesn't want to, he keeps saying, I don't want people to come with me because like big wig beats them up. I want them to understand it's the thing they should do. Right. And they right. spend all day getting Pipkin to come with them. And Pipkin is this tiny, seemingly useless little rabbit. Mm-hmm. Um, and they don't worry about having, you know, how many rabbits can we get or how big and strong are they? Or, I mean, he's always using, like you're saying, kind of that reasoning, what is good for all the rabbits, kind of a compassion and mercy like when he let Strawberry come with him after the Warren of the Snares. Yeah. Um, and he knows how to take other people's ideas and innovate. So when he has the idea of helping the mouse and then turns that into helping Kahar, um, he's adapting things. Yeah, yeah, and getting across the river. Yeah. Right. But although he, the, that's the thing I also liked is he's not like smart. Mm-hmm. He doesn't really understand. Other rabbits are smarter, Uh but he's got leadership to use what the smart rabbits say. Right, right. So even later when everybody's going, here's a boat, it's just like the board, says Fiverr. I get it. And Hazel's like, I don't. What's everybody talking about? I don't understand understand this, but yes, I'm going to. This isn't helping us at all. (laughs) (laughs) And they have to be kind of by events, they have Mm -hmm. to be forced onto it. And he goes, Oh, now that we're floating. Oh, Mm -hmm. I get it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, he's a good leader and likable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. So he's, he's sort of a, a nice, ideal leader you know mm-hmm. and then they they leave that first warren and then they they get to meet uh two warrens that that aren't ideal <laughs> um huh. yeah so the um i'm trying to remember what the first one was with the first one the military one no it's the warren of the snares the warren of the snares okay so yeah so there's you know people that are uh or people rabbits <laughs> rabbits that are being fed very well right they're very content um, yeah, they're, and they're like, here, look at this carrot, man, this is awesome. You know? And, and that's the Lotus eater, uh, connection there where, um, you know, in Odysseus, you know, the, the, an island full of people that are just eating lotuses and not really caring about what's going on because they're just happy. Yeah. Just lying around doing mm-hmm. nothing. Right. And so, yeah. So these rabbits are sort of the same way. It's like, Hey, we've, we've got it good. So I'm really going to ignore the things that are not good because let's just, you know, let's just ignore that stuff. And uh, that was intense. And it's also, they're safe. Right. They're safe to a point, right? They're right. You know, because yeah, they're being snared. (laughs) They accept is what's going on. Yeah. yeah, They have chosen to accept this one danger that they never talk about Uh as safety against all the other natural dangers of the world. The man will kill any allele that come near them. But, of course, the man is the one leaving out the good food to make them big and fat and healthy, and then he snares them when he wants them. Right, right. And it's also pushed them into a kind of behavior 
that is so unnatural that no one understands it. They are making um, weird poetry up. Mm-hmm. They have got these shapes that they pushed into the walls, and we all recognize that would be art or mosaics or whatever. Yeah. And that's like, here's El Herrera stealing the lettuces. And they're all like, I can sniff something hard in the wall, but I don't know what you're talking <laughs> about. And someone tells the story of uh, the one of the um, Hazel's rabbits tells the story of the El Herrera taking the rabbits. And everybody's like, oh, I always think these, when these peasant tales are told with conviction, they're just so wonderful. You know, you're just like, oh my gosh, I can see somebody raising the looking glass, the monocle yeah. to look at him. Um yeah. Wow. And so that makes them all feel like rubes, but of course they're closer to what they sh- they're they're real rabbits, mm-hmm. the Hazel's group. Yeah, yeah, and it's just it's unnatural. So it's um, I, th- I think that's a good way to put it. They're 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 acting unnaturally, um, really because they're they're ignoring what the threat is, I guess. It, it, I'm trying to put that into words because it's a complacency. It's an acceptance when they wouldn't have to really accept that. Well, you know, um, one of the things that I liked is we're told very early on. Oh, Dandelion's the big storyteller. Yeah, Dandelion's the storyteller, right? Yeah, and they're all really freaked out by having to be out in the open and try to get away from things, and so they have Dandelion tell them a story. And uh-huh. one of the things that I love about this is stories are, it shows us the stories also, you know, we were saying that they, in the story, we see kind of the rabbit's ideals and their cleverness and how they're tricksters and also how they get away from danger. But also it shows how they're connected to each other. And he'll make the point that they are a lot like primitive human societies where they experience the stories as if they're happening right then. Mm. Um and so, uh, and it connects them to that ideal as well as the rabbits who came before and, and the community and everything. So, this early story of creation. So, Frith is their god, and um, El Herrera's people were just multiplying and causing ecological havoc, basically. Mm-hmm. And there were too many of them, there was no grass left. So, what he does is he makes all the like the foxes and the dogs and cats and weasels and all hungry to eat rabbits. And um, El Herrera is running away and Frith is coming because everybody was supposed to show up and get their gift. Mm-hmm. And uh, he didn't want to do that because he was afraid of what he was going to get because everybody was being told that you could eat rabbits. And um, so he's digging a hole in the ground and he can't get out. And he says, I, I, Frith shows up and he says, well, come out of the hole and I'll bless you. And he goes, oh, I can't. I'm busy. You can bless my bottom (laughs) because that's sticking out of the hole. And it says, um, Dandelion was telling it well, and even Pipkin forgot his weariness and danger and remembered instead the great indestructibility of the rabbits. Each one of them saw himself as El Herrera, who could be impudent to Frith and get away with it. Then, said Dandelion, Frith felt, in him, felt himself in friendship with El Herrera because of his resourcefulness and because he would not give up even when he thought the fox and the weasel were coming. And he said, very well, I will bless your bottom as it sticks out of the hole. Bottom, 
Be strength and warning and speed forever and save the life of your master. Be it so. And as he spoke, El Herrera's tail grew shining white and flashed like a star, and his back legs grew long and powerful, and he thumped the hillside until the very beetles fell off the grass stems. He came out of the hole and tore across the hill faster than any creature in the world. And Frith called after him, El Herrera, your people cannot rule the world, for I will not have it so. All the world will be your enemy, prince with a thousand enemies, and whenever they catch you, they will kill you. But first, they must catch you, digger, listener, runner, prince with the swift warning, be cunning and full of tricks, and your people shall never be destroyed. Mm-hmm. And El Herrera knew then that although he would not be mocked, yet Frith was his friend. And every evening when Frith has done his day's work and lies calm and easy in the red sky, El Herrera and his children and his children's children come out of their holes and feed and play in his sight, for they are his friends and he has promised to them that they can never be destroyed. And so when you take that, that's telling us you're supposed to dig and listen and run Mm. and be cunning and full of tricks Mm -hmm. and you won't be destroyed. And when you're at peace... You can come out of your hole and feed when you want and lie under the night sky. And so you think about those two bad Warrens. Neither of them are doing that stuff. Mm, They have sacrificed elemental Mm. pieces of rabbitness for safety Mm. and security. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And you look at that and then you look at um, us. Mm -hmm. Humans, of course, are multifaceted. Right, and we right. certainly can tell a story like this. But when is it that we forget who we essentially are and start sacrificing pieces of our humanity yeah, for yeah. some kind of safety and security? Well, that that's really something, you know, you know, in the American experiment, you know, how, you know, freedom and liberty is what our ideals are mm-hmm. um, or supposed to be. <laughs> But mm-hmm. um, but you look at that, you know, and, and the different forms of government and and they're all trading this off for that. And, you know, um, yeah, that, that's just a, a really interesting point. Um, really, it's a perfect illustration of, of that stuff. Well, yeah, because um, and then I think about um, one of the things that frustrates people with the Catholic Church is they seem to have such contradictory views of different things. Mm. So, for instance, they will say you shouldn't have the death penalty. Mm-hmm. but And they will also say um, no abortion. Mm-hmm. And um, people will get on different sides of that. Republicans, Democrats, liberals, conservatives. and But, of course, what the church is saying is no, life. Always life. Always hope. Always a second chance. And um, you may have to sacrifice, you may have to be cunning and trickstery or whatever piece of humanity, you may have to suffer in order to do that. Mm-hmm. But that's what's due to each of these people's humanity. And so um, it's interesting thinking of this Frith story and what do we measure ourselves against as humans. And of course, for Catholics and Christians and Jews and um, anybody who believes in the scriptures, it starts with Genesis. We're made in God's image. So the more we understand about who God is, who we can never understand, the more we understand about ourselves. Mm. And I've been listening lately to David Suchet's um, audio book of the, it's the 
new international version, I think, the NIV oh, nice. mm-hmm. Bible. Yeah. And I happened to, and I just got it fairly recently. So while I was starting to read this book, I was also listening to it. And as I was listening to his telling of Genesis, the beginning, the creation, it was like I was listening to echoes of this story, this Frith story. Mm. Um, and I thought, well, of course, the author would know this is how creation stories go. But it was that reminder to me of what do we base our view of ourselves on? Mm. How do we know what our humanity is? And then, of course, measuring yourself, like you say, against other societies. Mm-hmm. We look at them and go, what are they trading off? Uh, you know, you look at, especially right now, some that are very different from us, China, Russia, who we're interacting with a lot um, or hearing about a lot. And you just go, how, what do they do that we don't like? What does this tell us about what are they trading versus what we're trading? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. An extreme would be like North Korea. Oh my gosh. Yes. You know, that's you yeah, know, more so, the general wound port. Right. Uh, level. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. What are we, what are we giving away for peace? You know, and, and, um, you know, here it's like, <clears throat> you know, the worry, what is, what is worry doing to your life? You know, um, yeah. and that, that's something else that's in the new Testament, you know, uh, uh, worrying won't add a single minute to your life. <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. try not to do that. I know we all do it, but um, that's it. You know, and in this case, <clears throat> worry has changed the complete lives of this entire little rabbit society um, to change yeah. uh, and just try to really not talk about the tough things. <laughs> Let's yeah. not talk about the hard stuff because it's horrible to talk about, but we're just going to actually ignore that and then um, just live. And that's You're a trade-off right. that they made, but it's not acceptable. Yeah. Well, because you can't ignore it, so it's working out in different ways, like Silverweed's creepy poetry. Yeah, it's um, um, right. You're not living. Hmm. You're not living a full life. Um, you're. You're. It, it's all of it. All of it. You know the the digging, the listening, the running, <laughs> all that yeah. stuff. You need all of that. Right. Well, it's the, yeah, it's the whole idea of you have to acknowledge the truth so that you even know where you stand. And once you know that, um, otherwise, that truth is still there. You can't hide from it. And again, I mean, I'm sorry, everyone, this is how Catholic it is. That's mm-hmm. we're back to confession again, right? Yeah, yeah. You have to really not hide from the truth and then you have to try to you know, deal with it. Right. Yeah. And with who you are and with God. Yeah. And if you're not accepting the truth um, of things and that truth exists and that there is one and that we can know it, um, then you're, you're, you know, that's going to creep into the decisions of, on all kinds of things. And you're, you're just getting off, off path and, and further and further away from what is the real you or what you can really be, you know, as a society and as an individual. I know. I was just thinking of Mm -hmm. our society right now has a lot of things we're worried about and a lot of unrest and a lot of um, (laughs) being unwilling to look at all sides Mm. for a lot of things. That's a hard thing that I think is going on right now. Um, 
I'm listening to a, a, a couple of people right now that, that I admire that seem to have started to talk a lot about the worry of this chasm between sides and um, almost who, like who we're living. Uh, David French is one, you know, over at the dispatch. Oh. He's a mm-hmm. person that I really like a lot. And he's got a book that just came out that um, I ordered, but I haven't you know read yet, but it just, just came out this week. But, mm-hmm. um, but it's, it's talking about some, some worries about, you know, how, how much farther apart can we get? I mean, there are things even so deep as like the TV shows we watch. If uh, yeah. <laughs> if you look at you know the TV shows in sort of a blue state, you know what's popular in a red state, what's popular. Mm-hmm. There, we're not even sharing that anymore. Um, right, because we don't have the few networks. It's so right. much uh, individual expression in a sense. Yeah. So, um, and then mm. when you take the step from. Uh, uh, disagreeing with someone to believing that that someone is evil. Now you've taken a step that right. you can't overcome, right? Right. You actually think so little of the other side that um, you you can't. You have zero trust, zero um, belief that they're almost even people. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like you know, with this rabbit in this warren. You know, they go to this warren where they're ignoring reality and you tell them what reality is and we can't even agree on what reality is. Mm -hmm. And that is a huge problem. If we can't even agree on what the truth is of, of factual information, not opinions, but this is happening. Do you agree or disagree? Uh, some yes, some no, you know, so how how can you even solve a problem that way? Yeah. And in the case of the rabbits and the warren of the snare, they're deliberately not explaining everything because they're hoping that the new rabbits, Hazel's group of rabbits are going to become the next victims of the farmer. Right. Um, And one of them almost does. And actually one of the things I like about that, it's, and I hate to refer everything to the Lord of the Rings, but that (laughs) idea that even though you're small, you're still important. If they Mm. didn't have Pipkin with them, they couldn't have chewed through the peg that was going to holding the snare that would strangle Bigwig. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and we, we've talked about yeah. Hazel the leader, but you know, right. we're talking about the team as well. Yeah, um, because that's what's what he's got is people with talents. Everybody has them. Yeah, and they need a leader, but mm. they also need somebody who recognizes what everybody's talents are, so that they can be used properly. And they all recognize each other's talents. Yeah, too. Right. So it's a very loose, um, not exactly a democracy, but kind of like a democracy hmm. um, in that way. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But that's that's exactly what teams are, right? You know, everybody right. has everybody has their thing, and um, that's a Catholic his, point of view too. Everybody oh, yeah. has their thing. Yeah. Yep. Subsidiarity, the Ex- lowest yeah. level that something can be solved at, um, is the level it should be handled at, and. In fact, I was just talking about this with, I guess, my daughter Rose the other day because we uh, both listened to a podcast called Morning Glory. Mm, yeah, and you told me about a, that one, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's um, it's got two regular hosts, who Gloria Purvis and uh, Deacon Harold, oh gosh, Burke Sivers, Sivers Burke, I can't remember. Deacon Harold is what I call him, I love him. <laughs> and um, they always usually have another person on. It's often a Monsignor or a priest, but and they'll have 
four different segments. It's an EWTN show, actually, which I never listen to that kind of thing. But mm. this is different because both the hosts are African-American. Mm. And they, in the, in the morning, uh, in the very beginning of it, they'll talk about, here's a few things out of the news. And it can be good things. It can be, you know, uh, the riots in Louisville, that kind of thing, mm. the protests in Louisville. And um, they'll kind of discuss it a little bit, not very long. But what happens is you get a lot of different points of view hmm. and you'll, uh, Gloria is always going to lean a little bit more liberal. Deacon Harold always, he was a lawman. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he, he goes, as somebody who worked in law enforcement, I'll mention this, um, the Monsignor or the Pope will, or I mean, Pope, oh my gosh, <laughs> if only, um, yeah. the, the priest uh, will bring up some other point of view, maybe from a parish or something. So you're getting an interesting cross section, but it's always grounded in how do Catholics look at stuff. And then they have all kinds of other things they'll talk about, too. So I find it very timely. But one of the things they've been talking about is once the pandemic's over, will people come back to the parishes? Mm. And we were talking about our parish. I guess that's a very long introduction to say we were talking about our parish and going, you know, we don't worry about that. But it's because our parish has always had a very engaged, vital uh, lay ministry, meaning for anyone who's not Catholic, just the regular folks. There are Bible studies run by regular people. There are, and it's always, you know, checked out with the clergy and all this stuff. But I mean, the RCIA, as you know, that's run by, well, ours is run by a layperson. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Always, you know, with an advisor who's a clerical person, the Biancana Marriage Ministry that we do, that's a lay ministry. We have the involvement of clergy, but it's our ministry. So we've got, there's a zillion things like that. Mm. And that's part of the subsidiarity, part of the, Hazel kind of idea of all these people are going off doing the things that they're best at yeah. and they're checking back in with the authority, but because everybody's more engaged, everybody's going to be back when things are opened up, it's all going to start up again. I mean, some stuff has started up and things that don't have to check in with, um, you know, like the Bishop, like masses and how busy they can be. They're like meeting in people's homes and things like that. Mm, very good. When we see the normal Warren at the beginning, and we see Watership Down halfway through the book, I was surprised I didn't remember them getting to Watership Down as early as they did. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but you see, here's how rabbits live, and they just naturally, um, when they get the does from um, the hutch and also the does from um, Ephrapha, mm -hmm. which is the military kind, militaristic kind of a Warren, those does want to dig. And one of the does says, I didn't realize how frustrated I was just by not being allowed to dig. Um, is, and that's yeah, kind of, and that's amazing us. how much it we, connects to right now. I'm just like blown away by this. Cause I didn't see all this. I saw some of it and then it's just all of a sudden, Oh my gosh. You know, he, he's talking about just fundamental need. Yeah, we are, you know, we are spiritual animals, but we are, that means you know, patterns and routines and the way we live. Sometimes people act like that's a bad thing. and we. Uh, but, you know, it's who we are. Yeah, yeah. We are physical creatures. And there are things about these rhythms and getting together and having dinner with people and going places. That's why we do it. It's, mm -hmm. it's fun. It makes us who we are. It's part of our common humanity. And I think that's why when the numbers go down on the COVID reports, all of a sudden – the officials are all going, 
that doesn't mean you, you can't quit wearing your mask. That doesn't mean don't go crazy on me. And it's like, but we have to be allowed to live. Otherwise you wind up becoming like uh, Ephrafa, which is, we haven't talked about that. Yeah. And, and so Ephrafa, yeah, is like this, except for they've had uh, someone step into this vacuum and become the dictator. Right. Yeah, it was, they had suffered a, a terrible mm-hmm. uh, disease that will sweep through a warren and kill almost every rabbit. Mm-hmm. And this leader emerged at that time. Yeah. And then just kind of took that over. And uh, right. So it's like a, it's like a military operation. <laughs> Boy, is <laughs> you know? it? Yeah. So it's like, yeah, this is, uh, you know, lockstep. Let's, let's all do the same thing. Um, yeah. And it's very tight, very tight grip. And, um, and yeah, so, but, but it's interesting, you know, uh, I don't know if you want to say more about that part of it. Um, because what happens after that is they get to watership down. Well, before they go to Ephrafa. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. after the wound, the wound wart, I'm sorry, I was looking up the herb. Okay. (laughs) General wound wart runs the other (laughs) thing. And I was like, it's an herb used to stop bleeding. Oh, Yes. And applied as an emergency first aid on clean cuts. And I was like, mm. oh. Yeah, okay. interesting. <laughs> yeah, so I'm sorry. So no, go that's, ahead. That's so interesting. They so leave, you're saying his name kind of means that. Yeah, that's, that's cool. General Woundwort. That's the, because mm-hmm. they're all named after herbs and plants yeah, and right, like there's right. dandelion and yeah. Very cool. Very cool. But yeah, it, but when they get to um, Watership Down, is um, that's when they get there and they're like, uh, wait a minute. We don't have any women here with us, <clears throat> you know, and who's going to dig these holes? Yeah, we're no, we don't have any does, so we'll never be a self-sustaining warren right. if we don't. Right. And that becomes their next quest. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and that's how they discover Ephrafa, because um, Hazel's impulse of compassion towards a mouse mm. Makes them make and and the other mice then uh, then later that evening after they help the mouse get away from the hawk yeah, and the other yeah. rabbits are like who cares it's just a mouse <laughs> and he's like well it could help us uh, and soon yeah. after that some other mouse says oh do you guys like to eat this right there's a bunch of it over there yeah that that was you know that's part of this worldview thing that you were talking about I, that was just there you know mm-hmm. you know uh, it's like what's the value in doing that. A lot yeah. of the rabbits questioned it. They're like, you know, what? Why are you even bothering with that? And he's just like, no, there's just something about doing that, you know, that'll mm-hmm. that'll help us later. And it did. It's his sense of compassion. Yeah. That he's willing to broaden into, but maybe we could use this also because then mm-hmm. that primes them for when Kehar comes, the seagull. Yeah. Right. And Kehar, and I have mm-hmm. to say, Kehar and Bigwig's friendship is one of the best things in this whole book. <laughs> That's Mr. for sure, Big yeah. Week. So, yeah, I, I love how you <laughs> say, how you put that. The, the, the helping of the mouse did have this reward, which taught everybody that that's a worthwhile thing to do. And then the seagull comes, and they all help. Mm-hmm. I, you know, that's beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're doing things that are completely unnatural, digging up bugs. Yeah. <laughs> just going, this had better go somewhere. <laughs> and is like, well, I think it will, but let's yeah. just keep doing it. It doesn't hurt, mm-hmm. you know? Right. Yeah. And, no, I um, love it. Yeah, so he's doing reconnaissance. And he says, oh, there's a big warren over here. Mm-hmm. They'd have a lot of mothers. 
as he calls them, mothers, because <laughs> he's got an accent. Yeah, for sure. But uh, yeah, yeah, they have a lot of mothers. Mm-hmm. So they send somebody some rabbits off, going, "Oh, yeah, no." Um, and he's the one who sees the farmhouse that has some rabbits in the hutch. Right, right. Yeah, I just, I just love that, you know. And then, just you know, the creation of a. Well, they had a hole that the that this bird would fit in, you know. So yeah. I just love it. Yeah. yeah, I just imagine it's neat. And the birds having to do things that are out of its nature too. Yeah, it's yeah. why would it listen to rabbits? <laughs> you know, absolutely right. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what is that teaching us? You know, it's it's just like you know all this stuff. It's yeah. Sometimes sometimes we do need to step outside of that. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's the adaptability because as things go on, times come up, and they're like, "So and so told the story of this, mm-hmm. how he got the, how he stole all the lettuces." <laughs> and by knowing the different animals' natures, it's a classic mm. trickster story. But by knowing the different animals' natures, that he was saying, "Would you like some juicy slugs if you stand and sing to the moon, and you do these things, then slugs will be delivered." Yeah, yeah. And uh, so he sets up this whole scenario because he knows the different animals well enough to kind of co- get them to cooperate unknowingly. Right. Um, and it's just a seed for how these stories may inform even the rabbit's inclinations when they don't understand them. Mm. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yep. And then during that uh, Ephrafa uh, part of the story, um, we get the story of El Herrera and the Black Rabbit. Of Inlay. Of Inlay, yeah. Good stuff. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And talk about, here's a story of ultimate self-sacrifice that goes horribly wrong. Mm-hmm. But yet the willingness to be the sacrificial victim for his people is what allows or is what gets the black rabbit to relent. Mm. Yeah. You know? Right. And, um, and Bigwig asks for that story before he goes undercover in Ephrafa. So, you know, Mm. he doesn't know if he's going to live through it, Mm. but he's still going to do it. Yeah. I love uh, something I highlighted. It says now, as you all know, the black rabbit of Inlay is fear and everlasting darkness. He is a rabbit, but he is that cold, bad dream from which we can only entreat Lord Frith to save us today and tomorrow. When the snare is set in the gap, the black rabbit knows where the peg is driven. And when the weasel dances, the black rabbit is not far off. I just think that's great. Yeah, but doesn't it also go on to say that He's also kind. It says, uh, you all know how some rabbits seem to just throw their lives away between two jokes and a theft. But the truth is that their foolishness comes from the black rabbit. <laughs> For it is by his will that they do not smell the dog or see the gun. Um, I guess that wasn't so what I yeah. was thinking of. I thought there was something that was saying, but you know, they don't, but a lot of times rabbits don't suffer mm-hmm. because he's the end of disease. That kind of thing. I guess right. I'm, I'm remembering something that I don't think I marked it down either. Let's see. Let's see. Okay, here it is. Some say that the black rabbit hates us and wants our destruction, but the truth That's is, it. the truth is, or so they taught me, 
that he too serves Lord Frith and does no more than his appointed task to bring about what must be. We come into the world and we have to go, but we do not go merely to serve the turn of one enemy or another. If that were so, we would all be destroyed in a day. We go by the will of the Black Rabbit of Inley and only by his will. And though that will seems hard and bitter to us all, yet in his way he is our protector. For he knows Frith's promise to the rabbits, and he will avenge any rabbit who may chance to be destroyed without consent of himself. Anyone who's seen a gamekeeper's gibbet knows what the Black Rabbit can bring down on Elil who think they will do what they will. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's a just it's a it's a natural justice in the world. Right, right. Yeah, and that and that kind of overlays everything in the whole book, doesn't it? Even before you mm-hmm. get to here, there's this there's this, you know, rabbits are worried about a lot of things, right? But there is this mm-hmm. there is this this death is always right there, right? Things can happen anytime, right? They go out to get a carrot, something could happen. <laughs> So, um, but yet, you know, that's what we live with too, humans, right? We, mm-hmm. We've got that too. It's, uh, it's mortality, right? So you're, yeah, you're it, looking at this mortality and if you, if you can fix it right in your head, you know, it, um, it actually can enhance your life. Um, you know, the, well, I'm thinking about. It doesn't about, make life not worth living. No, if you've exactly. got the bigger picture, as you're saying, if you're mm-hmm. Christian, yeah. death is, is the door to true reality mm-hmm. um, to real truth of, because you you know if you're Christian you yeah. be with God right and that doesn't mean that we go seek death <laughs> no because um, life is good it's meant to be good. good we're meant right. to enjoy it and be mm-hmm. here with it I yeah. mean yeah there right. are some there's some atheists that that make that wrong conclusion that, mm. that think that we believe in fact Robert J Sawyer was one of them um, in in a book, I th- was it calculating God? I can't remember if it was, but he was might have been. He was surmising that um, that uh, it made wars easier if you were Christian. You know, yeah, you can do cannon fodder easier because you believe that they're going to a better life. <laughs> Why doesn't he just talk to a few Christians? I yeah, mean, I'm not you sure. Know. Yeah, but <sighs> but there's there's just that idea, and it's an incorrect idea. That is not right. Not you know we we are not out there seeking death. <laughs> no, and it, it, that's no. clearly an obvious thing. So, um, but you know it is there, and and the the whole contemplation of your own mortality is a thing in Catholicism that some people actually uh, do. You know, uh, mm-hmm. on uh, purposefully, right? Yeah, yeah. And we've talked about it um, mm-hmm. before, but. Um, it's that uh, momentum worry. That's, That's it. it. I was yep. trying to think of the term. It's yep, and if too. you look mm-hmm. at a, sometimes old still lifes, different pictures, you'll see a little skulls, <laughs> a human skull at a corner or bones. That's to remind us: here's all this beautiful stuff, but there is one end. So stay balanced. Right. You right. know, don't lose yourself in the beautiful stuff of the world. It doesn't mean you can't enjoy it and love it, but have a sense of proportion. That's right. You know, life is precious. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, and, and by knowing is. by knowing that it's going to end, how does that change what your focus is? It should change right. it in a positive direction. Yeah, something else that I liked um, is uh, there are a few moments in the book where the author has Frith, I think it's Frith and not Elarera, kind of help the rabbits out. 
So um, when Bigwig's trying to escape with the does that he's collected and everything's going wrong, and this is from Ella Ray, or uh, Ephrafa, sorry, these words sometimes <laughs> meld together for me. Yeah. Um, and this huge storm starts up, all this um, dazzling lightning and it's because he's being he's confronted at that point by Woundward. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's he's like, I you know, Woundward's like, oh, we're gonna take care of you right now. And he's like, I'd like to see you try. And he's like, come on, everybody, take everybody back to the Warren, leave the prisoner to me. And Bigwig says, Frith sees you, cried Bigwig. You're not fit to be called a rabbit. May Frith blast you under foul osla full of bullies. At that instant, a dazzling claw of lightning streaked down the length of the sky. The hedge and the distant trees seemed to leap forward in the brilliance of the flash. Immediately upon it came the thunder, a high tearing noise as though some huge thing were being ripped to pieces close above, which deepened and turned to enormous blows of dissolution. Then the rain fell like a waterfall. In a few seconds, the ground was covered with water, and over it, to a height of inches, rose a haze formed of myriad minute splashes. Stupefied with the shock, unable even to move, the sodden rabbits crouched inert, almost pinned to the earth by rain. A small voice spoke in Bigwig's mind. Your storm, Thlaily Ra, use it. Hmm. Gasping, he struggled up moved on so beautiful yeah yeah it's and it's that and so flaley i'm probably saying the name wrong it's difficult that's bigwig's name in rabbit but they put the raw on the end uh-huh. you're the leader right use it yeah and i was like that's just that's that moment until i was reading it for us to talk about i hadn't noticed it before hmm. so cool you know yeah, and there's yeah. an, another moment when um Hazel actually has a vision, mm-hmm. and um, this is when, against all odds, because General Woundward is, you know, insane, essentially, he and he has devoted leaders. You know, you can't help but think of Nazi Germany, and you're not necessarily supposed to, but we've all known um, these totalitarian regimes, so North Korea, they arise. Mm-hmm. And fanatical followers will do whatever they say. And so he leads a rapid offensive. He's going to take over the Warren at Watership Down. No one's taking his does and getting away with it, by golly, even though these are extras that he couldn't control. Mm-hmm. And um, so it seems like everything is done. And Fiverr starts having, you know, Fiverr's in a stupor. Hazel's like, come on, wake up, help us. And it says suddenly... Says, but Fiverr was lying in a deep stupor. In Hazel's mind, green branches were straying, straining in the wind. Up and down they swayed, thresh and ply. There was something, something he could glimpse between them. What was it? Water, he sensed, and fear. Then cl- suddenly he saw clearly for an instant a little huddle of rabbits on the bank of a stream at dawn, listening to the sound of yelping in the wood above and the scolding of a jay. And uh, mm. this is a rabbit talking. If I were you, I wouldn't wait till Nefrith. I should go now. In fact, I think you'll have to. There's a large dog loose in the wood. There's a large dog loose in the wood. The wind blew. The trees shook their myriads of leaves. The stream was gone. He was in the honeycomb facing Bigwig in the dark across the motionless body of Fiverr. Mm. And he realizes he's had a sudden it's like a vision presented to him. Mm-hmm. You were in this situation before. Here's what you all had to run from. 
And he's like, oh my gosh, there's a dog down at that farmhouse. We have to go let the dog loose and lead it up here. It's mm-hmm. the only thing that can save us. But yeah, he puts yeah. that all together. It mm-hmm. doesn't show us him thinking that. Right, right. But that's the impetus, and that's from outside of himself. Yes, very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. yeah. There's Frith. Yeah, there's yeah. Frith stepping in and kind of mm-hmm. going, you know, you're, <laughs> you are suffering, you are working, but what you're doing, here's some help. Mm-hmm. You still have to go do it. And it's not easy and it's dangerous as we see when they, I love the sequence when they're trying to lead the dog up the hill. <laughs> and I think it was a dandelion or whichever rabbit is first. And he, the dog is a lot faster than he thinks. And he has to pull in somewhere so he can just rest and breathe. And there's a little mouse in there or something. It says, well, just stay in here. It'll go away in a minute. He goes, I know, but I have to keep it going after me. And the, the rat's like, what? <laughs> you know? What are you um, doing? Yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, really love that. That's very good. And those are the moments of our lives, whether we call it a hunch, uh, mm-hmm. sixth sense, yep. inspiration, mm-hmm. how clearly we see it or don't see it. Yeah, you know? right. Yep, and there it is. Yeah, mm-hmm. yep. that's great. And Hazel doesn't get those things. It's really True. Fiber's Yeah, uh, that's Fiber's place. snack or whatever. Yeah. Fiber's thing. Yep. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I love at the at the beginning of the chapters too, um, some of these quotes that he's put in there are great. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's one from Brothers Karamazov. It says, um, this is chapter 21, love the animals. God has given them the rudiments of thought and joy untroubled. Don't trouble it. Don't harass them. Don't deprive them of their happiness. Don't work against God's intent. That's from the oh, Brothers Karamazov. That is beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, he, he, he worked on these uh, <laughs> chapter openings. But every single oh, chapter yeah. opening has a quote that goes with it. Yeah, Some, when you look back yeah. and you see, it, yeah. it does kind of, it is a pointer, even though you don't really know at the time what it's pointing to. Right. You know, so in that, uh, the one, the chapter you were describing, The Thunder Breaks, it says, why now blow wind, swell billow, and swim bark? The storm is up, and all is on the hazard. That's from Julius Caesar. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, it's just yeah. neat. Very yeah. cool. That's how you do one of those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It is. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, you know, and it's an odyssey of a different sort, not that he intended that. And I mm-hmm. think that's kind of what he fought, the author fought against, was people going, it's a retelling of the odyssey, because it isn't. <laughs> yeah, it isn't. But right. it is them trying to find a home mm-hmm. in the most basic way. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Well, let's try not to leave our carrots rotting in the ground. <laughs> yeah. And there's so much in this book that we didn't talk about. So the author, Richard Adams, his other uh, novel that I've heard of, uh, I think he's written more than just these two, but is Char- Chardik, S-H-R-D-I-K, um, about a yeah. bear. Have you heard or read of that? I read that one. I didn't care for it. Okay. Um, it's mm-hmm. about maybe medieval times. It, anyway, this like a traveling circus with a bear or traveling company of gypsies with a bear or something. Anyway, so there's that. There's um, The Plague Dogs, which is one of the most heartrending books I've ever read. Oh, it's about some dogs that in a 
uh, experimental lab and oh. what's done to them and then they escape and, and it's just awful it's i mean it just breaks your heart uh-huh. and then um the uh, so the other book that he wrote that i did like was called traveler and that was told from the point of view of general lee's horse oh wow mm-hmm. and it's fairly factual in terms of all the events that the horse sees so the horse with his limited horse understanding um I remember a few scenes from it that, of course, are heartbreaking, but very logically so. And so I didn't mind those as much. Um, uh-huh. But in my opinion, for me, Watership Down is his greatest book. And the others you may or may not like, but he gotcha. was never able to equal it. Cool. Okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting stuff. Just a quick personal review of all yeah, those books. Yeah. So he died at the age of 96. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah in 2016. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. So that means that he wrote this. He published Watership Down when he was 52. Yeah. He didn't start book. writing it till yeah. fairly late. Yeah. And I Very think good. he worked on it for quite a while. Uh huh. Having his, and his kids must have been grown by then or, you know, yeah. relatively. Right. I mean, very close. Mm-hmm. So, very if he good. Was published it when he was 50 so his kids mm. were surely young adults at least by then and yeah. if not older so that's yeah. how long he lived with that story so in that sense i again with the tolkien but you know you think of him writing the silmarillion for huh, fun um <laughs> and uh you know the other book coming out of the request for a sequel to the hobbit and it's something he lived with for what was it 18 years until finally got it done and sent it to the publisher and this is kind of like that and i think it shows that depth yeah yeah there's that depth to it that's that's cool yeah there's that depth that um you know lord of the rings just has because i don't know I, i i attribute it to the mythic stuff that he put in there there's just this underpinning that adds mm-hmm. to the world a depth that um, a lot of things don't have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I did want to say also, there's one thing that I believe has passed into popular culture from this book, and that's the word Tharn. Tharn. Okay. Have you heard that word before this I have book? heard that word, but I don't know oh. what it means. Yeah. Okay. Well, people who've read the book use uh-huh. it outside of conversation. I think if you look it up on Wikipedia, you'll find yeah. it's uh, used. Like, and so when... Um, my mother was moving here and my sister was kind of talk, kind of giving me advice. So I kind of just knew here's the routine. Here's this, here's that. And she goes, okay. And you're going to need to go into all the doctors with her and kind of listen and talk because she goes thorn with a doctor. And I went, (laughs) Oh, Oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Got it. And she does. Right. Right. She, and I said that to her Mm. recently. I said, she goes, Oh, thank goodness you were there with that doctor. Cause you know, I just kind of freeze up around them. (laughs) And and I said, well, yeah, Lisa told me you go thorn. And she goes, Oh yeah, I do. You know? (laughs) And so we all knew the word. Uh It's like, it's it's basically when rabbits like get caught in the headlights of a car and they just can't move or think or anything. They just panic to the point where they're totally immobile. Yeah. That's going thorn. And, um, Yeah, if for anybody who hasn't read the book, which cool. if you're listening by now, I don't know why you are. Uh, <laughs> but mm-hmm. anyway. Love it. Yeah, that's neat. Yeah, and yep. so it gets used. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very good. All right. Yep. Well, thank you for having me read this. Again, it's it's oh, one I'm of so those that, again, it. it's just always around and something that uh, I, I finally read, you know, which mm-hmm. is Great. Happy to have done it. I'm so glad. Yeah. And it's one of those that 
benefits from rereading. Um, mm. You think you remember everything, and then you go, oh, I didn't even have this sequence of events in the right order, and oh, here's all these things, mm. you know, the little voice speaking to Bigwig in the storm, and all the stuff that kind of is, you know, in a book of depth. It, uh-huh. It's great for the adventure the first time when you're reading it, but yeah. things stand out when you reread it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so. the good books are the ones that can take rereading. Right. <laughs> and they're more Absolutely. than just stuff happening. So yes. that's great. Very good. Cool. All right. Well, what's next for us is a movie called Notorious. Alfred Hitchcock. Alfred Hitchcock. Yep. Love it. Uh, eager to see it. So. And um, yeah, because it will be in October, I guess, when it yeah, releases. Sure will. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. It's not really scary, but it's a thriller, so I did the best I could. <laughs> that works Cause, great. Because really, Scott's got the picks for October. I just kind of <laughs> got to slide into the beginning of October uh, by accident, the way the schedule it. works. I so. love it. Yeah. I don't want to steal your thunder with a scary movie. <laughs> You'll do it yourself. You bet. We got one coming. Oh, yeah. Very good. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah, thanks. We'll talk to you again really soon. Real soon. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye.